0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Rising is One podcast. Uh, I am joined today by Kyle Mackey. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. You know, it's we talked about it off air. It's been a little while since since I've been able to make it on the pod. Just been, you know, been crazy, hectic few weeks. But, um, you know, great to be back and great to be able to uh, celebrate a win today.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm referring to him as the Didier Drogba of our podcast from now <laughs> on, since you show up hey. when you want.
1: <laughs> I, w- I will gladly take that role and that, you know, likening, because to be a, to be compared to the greatest, you know, striker in our history and arguably in Europe at, in his heyday, uh, you know, there's no better comparison, although I will say I don't have as nice of a touch as uh, as Didier. I don't know if you're that clutch either, but... No.
0: <laughs> Thus far, I have not been, but we'll see. Season's still young. <laughs> um, um, also... Yes, there is background noise. This is a throwback episode since I will be moving to a new place soon. Just wanted to give one last uh, outdoor patio episode um, by the light rail, by the street, just for all the haters out there. We're not going to talk about audio levels. All show like a certain other show that rhymes with Bear Arizona Pocker blows, but <laughs> just letting you guys know right now um, that's what's going on. Um, And before we get right into it, we'd like to thank our sponsor, the uh, Arizona Sports Complex. They have indoor soccer leagues for people of all ages. They also have other leagues. I think uh, they do lacrosse in there. So go up there. It's right by the 17 and the 101. Tell them the Rising Is One podcast sent you, and they can hook it up with a discount on annual membership. All right. um, So let's talk about the match itself. Uh, This was... Our first win of the season, 2-0 in El Paso. Um, what were your thoughts on the starting 11, Kyle? Um, I mean, I,
1: really no surprises for me in the starting 11. Um, after his performance last week and keeping the clean sheet, I expected to see Lubin back in net, and he was. But no, I mean, a very, very strong starting 11. I think the only player that, you know, many people will argue should be starting is Jason Johnson right now, but... I mean, to do that, he would have to take place of a junior Flemings who's just on fire. So, um, the, really the only player who I would have liked to see the start, but considering the circumstances in Flemings' form, to have Johnson come in off the bench is uh, is still a great asset. So, a really strong 11. I, you know, I kind of had the feeling after seeing this starting 11 that we could easily go out there and get three points. So, uh, it was very, conf- very confirming for me to be able to uh, to see those guys on the team sheet
0: yeah and I think something that we're seeing is uh that Kavon Lambert Cullen Fernandez pairing in the defensive midfield and then Cochran and Farrell as the center backs uh those two sets of guys have really strengthened the defense um in the last couple weeks you know all those guys were in against Fresno last week they stick with that Cochrane Farrell center back pairing, um, and once again it performs well. And then yeah, there's the Johnson Flemings debate, but I mean, can you really go wrong when Flemings gets the start and scores? So, um, all around a good starting eleven and a good performance.
1: Absolutely, and, and I love that you bring up the Cochrane Farrell and the Lambert Fernandez pairings in our in our midfield and you know center line back line. Um for me I mean I think these guys have really been what has locked down our defense so you touched on it since you know they've been playing together as a unit in the back we've let up zero goals in two matches so to be able to have that when we were letting in goals you know like crazy to start the season I think that's huge. I think it also helps Zach Lubin a lot to be able to have guys, you know, that he's familiar with now, especially in Lambert and Fernandez, who he played with last year, and, you know, Farrell in the back line as well. I think that having all those guys there, um, it's just created, you know, that bit of chemistry that we really needed. And in a system where we're playing, you know, kind of wider and more out of position than typically we were last year, I think that's been key.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was our day one identity, but it looks like we're starting to get a nucleus in that starting 11. A couple guys are interchangeable. um, Dumboya and Aginaga return to the starting 11. And I think both of them had encouraging nights last night, Um, you know, more solid defensively. And I think having a Cochran Farrell center back pairing helps with that. Um, But enough about the starting lineup. Let's get to the match itself. You know, we go into this match knowing that El Paso likes to pass the ball a lot, knowing that they like to press, and I was thinking that there could be a lot of goals in this match. Um, We don't have to wait very long to get the scoring started because in the seventh minute, Logan Ketterer just absolutely makes a mess of a very routine long ball from A.J. Cochran. Um, He should be getting there first, no problem at all. Um, it's just a hopeful play up the pitch and then he just falls on his butt and that leaves junior flemings completely unmarked gets on the end of it takes a touch rolls it in boom one nil and that is exactly what the doctor ordered
1: yeah i mean it it couldn't have played out any better and for me i love cochran playing that ball there because you know a lot of center backs they don't see that or at least have the cojones to make that pass and for Cochran to take that, and, you know, we all know that nine times out of ten, Flemings maybe gets there, and, or the keeper makes a save, and nothing comes of it. But, you know, in this situation, he was hopeful, and Flemings was able to make a great run. For me, it, it seemed like the keeper, I mean, he just almost had his eyes on the ball and Flemings and just couldn't get his feet set, and just slipped and took a nasty spill. And, uh, you know, for Flemings, who receives the ball with ease, just, you know, cuts around the keeper, and... You know takes it back into the net calm cool collected and um, I mean just just such a sweet finish and such a sweet you know opportunity early on that you know previously rising hadn't always been able to to convert those and to be able to do this in such a you know easy you know calm fashion I think it really you know opened up El Paso as as you said
0: it was a throwback to last season where we would get ahead in a lot of away matches you know, scoring in the first 20 minutes away makes life so much easier. It allows us that space to counterattack. Everyone can be more stable and secure. Because you think about it, going into last night, we had only played with the lead for five minutes this season. The entire season. We were up between the John Goal and the Colorado Springs stupid equalizer. That was our only lead in this entire season in four matches. So. Just having that goal settles everyone's nerves, and it just changes the whole outlook there. Because it really was a pretty tightly played match. Had we not gotten that real gift, I mean, this match probably goes in at halftime nil-nil, then everyone's pressing, and it could potentially be a nil-nil draw if we don't have the space to counterattack on that second goal.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree completely. Um, I mean, you know, we did have a couple chances later in that first half, but nothing that ended up going on frame, or at least in the net. Asante did have one shot that was saved. But, um, I I mean, yeah, it really was kind of, you know, a stroke of luck for us and one that was much needed because you you do have to think that maybe Rising doesn't get lucky, get another opportunity in that first half. And going into the locker rooms at halftime, 1-0 versus you know, tied 0-0, El Paso would definitely have a different team talk and um, be motivated to come out and, you know, be able to screech out a win if, if, you know, they were still tied with us. But I think that we took a lot of wind out of their sails. And just just to not see them come back really after that early goal be scored in the first half, it didn't seem like they had too many good opportunities on our net. So I think that really, you know, kind of helped set the tone for the match.
0: And it'll just be great banter. We can throw that on a poster for all eternity just him falling on his ass that's just great um yeah,
1: yeah. if there's not some memes next week going around in, uh, on usl twitter i will be very surprised
0: that seriously Logopod pod twitter page had the nerve to come at us with smack talk with one win in your first five matches this season thinking that you're gonna come at us and beat us that's that's cute <laughs> that's real cute um but the, the half goes along and it, it gets more physical. It's just If you look at the uh, game summary on the USL Championship website, it's just foul after foul. Both teams, I mean, it was, both teams were definitely setting the tone that this was gonna be a hard fought match, a physical match. Um, and you know, Tyler Terrans was kind of surprised that a couple of them didn't result in cards. There was one that comes to mind against Colin Fernandez, I think at the 25th minute where he turns past the defender Calvin Resende and he's about ready to shoot it from the edge of the box so he gets tugged down and they don't even give a yellow card for that I mean it's it's ridiculous is what it is but uh, that was just the way that that ref was letting it go he was going to let the teams get physical and get in each other's faces
1: yeah, and and it was, you know, concerning to me at first when I saw how many fouls were, you know, being allowed and how, you know, physical this match was turning out to be. But for me, I really can't complain too much because the referee did seem to go about it in a fair manner. You know, he didn't seem to be biased to one team or, you know, whenever there were, were fouls of a similar fashion, they tend to be called. So, um, you know, you can't complain too much if the ref's going to let you play a physical match out there. I mean, it, it is nice when you're not constantly having to be held up by the whistle and wait for the ball to be played back in. So, um, a little bit of a different, you know, type of match compared to what we saw previously against Fresno. But, uh, you know, I I think that the Phoenix rising squad is able to adapt and, you know, we're able to, to use our players to the best of their abilities, even when the match is more physical than what we're used to.
0: Yeah. Adaptability has always been one of Phoenix Rising's stronger suits. Um, So a few chances in quick succession for both teams around the 30th minute. First in the 28th minute, they get a ball in from the left wing. It bounces around a little bit, and uh, it falls to Sebastian Contreras, who had a very very creative, a very good idea to one-time it. And he blasted that ball, and it just went wide of our right post. That was probably El Paso's most dangerous chance of the entire first half. Um, if not possibly the game. Um, Really fortunate to see that one go out because it felt like those kinds of chances against New Mexico, against Colorado Springs, they were finding the back of the net, and it's like, really, like a half chance like that's going to go in? I mean, that was kind of our luck those weeks, but this time the ball stays out, and uh, then moments later, Adam John gets a great opportunity. Um, Kevon Lambert plays a nice ball up for him. And it's really like a 1v2 defenders. so John just rips a shot. It's really his only play in that situation. And that ball was going into the left corner, but Ketterer just gets a tip on it and tips it just wide of the post. Um, Great chance there. What were your thoughts on that sequence?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, this is kind of what I have come to expect, and I really always want to see out of Adam John. Um, He's not going to get the most service. Because we've been playing a lot out on the wings so when he does get the ball inside in the middle I always want to see him take off a shot and as you said that shot was on frame it was going into that left post had Ketter not made the save so um, I mean just really promising you know John he's still a player that I think a lot of us don't know exactly what to expect from him because he hasn't gotten the touches that you know a lot of us would have hoped and that I know he's hoping for himself so I think with John, it's going to take time. He has shown glimpses of greatness, you know, with the goals that he has scored. So for me, it's just going to be key to keep getting him opportunities because, you know, eventually the ball is going to start hitting the back of the net and keepers aren't going to make that save. So it's just something we need to keep up with because I do foresee him starting for uh, for the time being.
0: Yeah, and I think a good example of, you know, opportunities coming is like he got subbed off for Ben Spencer, And then Spencer ended up getting a tap-in goal later in that match. That's a very prototypical Adam John goal, like just right spot, right time to finish something like that. So I have no doubt that those opportunities will come in the run of play and he'll get those goals. And you might even see him, when we win penalty kicks in the future, take those since he did have a pretty big MLS playoff penalty kick. And uh, now that Asante is not the hot man on those PKs, maybe he'll get some chances to pad that goal-scoring tally.
1: Yeah, and, and that would be nice to see, um, just to take a little tangent. I do think, you know, Asante, he's done great for us on penalties, but he's also has this, you know, bit of predictability. and I think some people wonder at times that maybe if, if someone else was taking, you know, some PKs, especially that one against Colorado Springs, you know what happens but you know we can't look back on that too much because it is in the past but I would I would like to see you know some John get some chances on penalties and and if we're also going to go off on this I we need to see someone else taking our free kicks because right now our the free kicks nothing is hitting the frame and it's it's very concerning that it seems like every time we have a free kick opportunity it seems to just be a wasted one and um that's something that I really hope to see change over the next week or two.
0: Yeah, give Devin Vega those chances if he was in. Um, yeah, that goal hey. against Tormento was ridiculous. But uh, you know, I, I think another shout there is Jason Johnson has yes. put some good free kicks on frame. I know tonight he didn't get the start, but I feel like when he gets those free kick chances, he actually makes the most of them. So um, that's another possibility even Colin Fernandez sometimes as well, but uh, but we'll see, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, as far as the rest of the half, El Paso had another chance in the 32nd minute, um, Jerome sweater got up there for a header, and it was kind of a dangerous one, um, misses the top right corner, not by too much, but after that things kind of petered out, El Paso was done with their really threatening chances. And we almost made it 2 0 right before halftime. Um, really neat play between um, Jose Aginaga and Solomon Asante. And this is what Aginaga brings to the team: is the ability to slide some beautiful balls in, like this. Um, he played such a perfectly weighted ball for Solomon Asante to set this up, and then Asante keeps his composure, holds on to possession with like two or three defenders breathing down his neck puts a shot on and honestly I think it's just a great save like some people will say that yeah you should have put it towards the corner or like you're hitting it right at the goalie like why are you doing that honestly like I just think that's a great save because if you're a goalie in that situation like I would be going low to stop that ball and Asante had them the idea to put some air on it so that I would go just loop it into that corner I thought it was pretty smart it's just that uh Keterer stood tall and made the save. But, you know, going against the grain, putting some air on it, I thought it was a good idea, and I thought that was going to be it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It was it was an opportunity that, you know, we do see Asante put those in, and it's, it's you know, not always a high percentage shot from, as you said, going against the grain there. And um, it did look like he, you know, kind of thought that he could put it up and over the keeper Um, But, you know, Ketter was able to make the save and, you know, show up. And I think for for the goalkeeper, you know, that was probably huge for his confidence. Because to be able to, you know, let in that slip early and then to let in another, you know, solid goal would have been very difficult to come back from. So, um, you know, it it definitely kept El Paso in the match for that time being.
0: Yeah, so we get to the second half, um, you know, 1-0 Phoenix Rising at the half first halftime lead of the season, which is awesome to see. Um, and you know, things start out in the second half and it's more of the same. It's a, it's some fouls, nothing too serious for El Paso. Um, Jerome did have a free kick that didn't miss by too much in the 55th minute. But other than that, it was like, we were playing pretty solid. We had control of the match. Um, and we were able to create a couple opportunities. In the 60s, um, El Paso made a substitution and then JJ came on for Junior Flemings, which is important when we talk about the second goal. Um, And then moments later, Ben Spencer comes on for Adam John, which also super important for the second goal. Um, You know, uh, Jerome had another free kick that he tried to put in. but again, these shots for El Paso were not really testing Zach Lubin. They only had one shot on target in the entire match. Um, and it was just very composed by us. Like, yeah, we didn't have a lot of possession, but El Paso wasn't creating massive opportunities. No, no, they, they didn't. And, and that's, I think that
1: is what it really came down to was that you know Phoenix was was able to get that early read early lead and then ride out through the rest of the match and ride out you know any of El Paso's you know chances to to get into our third our into our defensive third and it really yeah did not seem like they had too many good opportunities to even put the ball on net and they did have that you know the free kick and ended up having one shot on goal throughout the night but other than that yeah i mean it, it's got to be disappointing for them to to go out in a match and you know be down early and then not be able to try not be able to get anything out of it basically offensively not be able to push and threaten on the opposing net you know it's got to be frustrating
0: yeah just a lot of like you know passing in the back passing in the midfield but not not the kind of threatening position um and that helps us because in the 77th minute Uh, We win a ball in the midfield and then our substitute, um, you know, first Kevon Lambert does well to win the ball back. But then Jason Johnson plays a great ball for Solomon in space on the right wing. And that allows Asante to have that space to kind of scan the field before he gets to that ball. And then he decides, hey, there's going to be someone making a run in the middle. I know I can put a ball on point. For someone to slot it home, that's exactly what happens. He puts it in one time, it's on point, and Ben Spencer, right there to tap it home. Um, you know, classic Adam John goal, as we mentioned before. Um, what were your thoughts on this on this play and like, just how good it felt to uh, see that go in?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, this was very reminiscent of Rising of 2018. You know, I, I think even Chris Cortez makes that run and puts that in on the far post. And, yeah, just to see, you know, us recover the ball quick. And then um, one play, you know, just to go back to it there that I love, is Aguinaga collects the ball, turns quick, and plays it out to Asante, who's out on the wing making his run and, you know, allows – asante to get that space and then gets it back to johnson johnson plays it out wide for asante and it, just the the interplay between these players and the comfortability to make those passes and make the runs is the biggest thing because you know you can you can make the pass but to continue with your run after the pass and to keep up with the play and to keep it going um that's just so huge and we all know asante's knack to just you know get out get near the end line and whip a ball in across the goal and He did just that again, and Spencer, you know, he's been doing his homework. He's definitely seen this play out in in training, and, you know, it wasn't Adam John, but Ben Spencer made it look like Adam John because, as you said, just cleaned up the garbage, put that right in the back of the net, and, you know, that right there I think secured our win. Going up 2-0, you could just see, you know, the dejection in all the El Paso fans that at that point they just seemed like they were just done. They just knew, okay, this is it. It's over. We're not— we're not getting anything out of this match now. And, you know, the rising players took a little bit of time to get back up to the half line and to get the ball started. And I liked that we took that moment and celebrated our hard work. And, you know, they were able to, to uh, you know, be rewarded for it at the end of the match.
0: Absolutely. Um, after that goal, there's not too much to talk about. Um, one thing is that you were hoping that Vega would come on late instead it's James Musa that comes on for Colin Fernandez in that 88th minute um, you know El Paso had a couple half chances in stoppage time uh, Keith Sweater was able to get a header again but it missed uh, and that's, that's really all she wrote you know not too much just kind of committing a few fouls seeing off the win that kind of thing and uh, you know what are your thoughts on the match itself just getting those big three points and just a professional match too. Like from start to finish, we just controlled it.
1: Yeah, no, you you, you kind of stole the words out of my mouth there. Very professional, very, you know, very just, just rising. I mean, this was a match that we knew. We had to go out there and get the win. We knew what this opponent was going to try to do. As we talked about, they only have, you know, this was their fifth match in franchise history. So they're still a very young club um they have shown some glimpses throughout this season you know they got a win against orange county the week prior so so to go up against a team who's coming off a win you know they're going to have some confidence but just very professional we never seemed to to push the match too much to where we were you know trying to to make goals happen that weren't just there we just took took the match as it came to us got that early lead and just held on and that's the biggest thing i think is you know we're still playing You know, a bit of defense first. We're not trying to concede these goals, but we're also pushing forward and getting the shots on goal and getting the opportunities. And, you know, last night the keeper made one big mistake, and, you know, he was punished, and it couldn't have came at a better time. And I really, you know, I agree with you completely. These early goals are going to be, you know, so key to us getting three points on the road this season because when we can go in somewhere and, you know, quiet the home crowd early on, take them out of it and just play from – play from the advantage perspective there's no better way because when you're not down and not having to work as hard as you can just to get on level terms you know it takes a lot out of you and to be able to have the reserves and to go out and play another great 45 in that second half i think it was you know just a great rising match and a template for what we need to do for the rest of the season
0: somewhere patrice carterone was watching that match and beaming (laughs) with yeah. uh with satisfaction that was a absolutely master class
1: and, and that's kind of what i was thinking was it, i mean we just like you said we gave up one shot we just limited their opportunities gave them nothing on their attacking end so i mean yeah i mean we really did just lock it down and i know we talked all off season and Sh- rick shantz has talked about it we're going to be this attacking exciting club and you know last night there were definitely moments of that but you know when you look at the stats that we only had i think it was 38 percent of the possession we definitely played a more carter own style last night but we saw it it gets the results when they ultimately matter and you know it's when it you're five games winless that's really what we needed so a huge win last night and let's just keep it going
0: yeah i just want to run through some stats from this one really quick um you know they have 10 shots but only one on target we have five of our 12 shots on target um, they have way more possession. It's sixty-two and a half to thirty-seven and a half. You know they have five seventy-five passes completed for eighty-eight percent passing accuracy. That's really impressive. Um, but we did fine too. We were three sixty-five completed and seventy-five percent. That's that's totally respectable. That's like there were matches we would pull out a year or two ago where our passing accuracy wasn't even seventy percent. That was concerning. But this, that's not so bad. Like, you can live with that. Um, two yellow cards towards the end for us. Um, you know, they should have had at least one, but whatever. Um, and really, that's that's all there is to say about it. Um, doesn't matter. The stat that matters is 2-0. We win. And uh, now we're looking forward to two extremely winnable matches this week where we can start moving up that table quick
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and that's that needs to be you know the mindset right now is we got the monkey off our back we got that first win behind us now it's time to go out and to continue getting three points and to get on a win streak because as you said you know a lot of the other teams around us you know are you know rivals in the western conference you know they've been getting the wins too they've been getting points and we need to, to get back on track, and this was the match to do it. And as you said, we got more easily winnable matches coming up this week that uh, we should hopefully get six more points from.
0: Yeah, so let's get into those matches. It's uh, two of the teams that are below us in the table. Um, on Wednesday, we play at Austin Bold, where they, uh, they have a ridiculous bring an animal to the pitch and uh, a farm animal to pitch and you get free admission and then they have a a uh, hundred cowbells to the first fans that show up. I mean this you can't even write this stuff. the memes write themselves with this giveaway this is crazy.
1: Yeah I mean on, only in Texas you know that, that you're gonna see this kind of this kind of stuff happen but um, it, I mean it should be fun it, it should be you know a good. Good uh, showing of you know all different species at um, I think it's the Raceway of America's stadium where they play. So it, it's very exciting. I think you know it should bring more eyes to this U.S.L. game of the week.
0: Oh, for sure, it'll be. Uh... <laughs> it'll be great if we hear a lot of cows mooing during the broadcast. That would be beautiful. Um... But, I mean, the team themselves, it's just really, really devoid of attacking talent. I mean, we catch a big break because Kleber is the guy that scored both their goals. He is suspended for our match because of a dirty challenge in his last uh, match, that loss in Sacramento for Austin Bold. Um, So no one in their starting 11 on Wednesday has scored for Austin this season. And they've played five matches, I believe. Um, I take that back. They've played four matches. Uh, they are a tough team to break down, though. You know, they have a draw. They have the 1-0 win over San Antonio. That's their only home match so far. And then, you know, a 2-1 loss to Reno where Reno won it in the last 15 minutes. A 1-0 loss at Sacramento where the only goal in that match was an own goal. Um, so they're a really tricky team. We shouldn't go into this match expecting a win. I see them as like an RGV kind of opponent where, yeah, they can. I mean, on paper, it's a very beatable team. It's a team you should win against. But they're going to play you tough. And if you don't take care of business, if you elapse, it's a game where you can definitely lose 1-0, as San Antonio showed
1: yeah yeah no i think i think they're definitely going to be a a very difficult opponent to break down as we talked about you know goals are going to be hard to come by and you know in their their i believe it'll be their second home match um they'll definitely be you know pushing to go out there and to get a result because they're going to be you know in front of their new stadium and their home crowd and they'll want to you know get back on winning ways and um it's it's going to be a very interesting match i mean we said it earlier but the key for me in this match is going to be an early goal for us i mean to if we can go out there and get one in the first 15 minutes i think that really sets up great for us because then we can you know sit back as as we did last night and you know not you know get exposed at the back and you know not give austin the opportunity to hurt us and hopefully we can you know grind out a tough game but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see who's able to, to to put the ball in the back of the net come Wednesday.
0: There's gonna be a lot of pressure on Isaac Promise for Austin Bold, um, Nigerian attacker. Most of his sorry about that motorcycle there. Um, most of his experience comes from uh, playing in Saudi Arabia. Um, this is his first season in USL. And he's going to be the guy with a lot of eyeballs on him now that Kleber's out. And they really just—they have a very diverse lineup. They don't have a lot of guys with a ton of USL experience. One guy that is a household name is their keeper Diego Restrepo. And uh, you know, Sacramento fans were saying that he was really showing up big in that match last week, where they did only lose one-nil. So, something to keep an eye on. I mean, we know Restrepo. He was on San Antonio the last couple of seasons, and. 2017 usl goalie of the year um we're definitely going to want multiple opportunities on target because you have to expect him to save at least a couple
1: yeah absolutely And, and i think the biggest key um here is you know restrepo might make that first save But it's going to be the second, third saves that, you know, with that smaller frame, he's going to have the trouble getting his body to and in front of. So we're just going to have to, you know, pounce on the net, keep guys, you know, in good positions. And hopefully, you know, if we don't get a ball on the first shot, collect the ball and get it on that second. Because, yeah, he's he's a very, very respected goalkeeper in the USL and, you know, for good reason.
0: Yeah, I just think this is a match that maybe earlier in the season, Maybe earlier in the season we get frustrated and it's a nil-nil, but I think now that we got the monkey off our back, now that we have solid defense, I think we'll have a professional effort regardless of the lineup in this matchup, Um, and we'll be able to pull out like a 1-nil, take advantage of a mistake, and just lock it down. I mean, this Austin Bold team just cannot score for their lives. I mean, two goals in four matches is pathetic, and the guy that scored both those goals is out. So, you know, if we're if we're conceding anything in this match, that's a problem. And you know, it could be a nil-nil, but I think we're going to get the one-nil.
1: Yeah, and, and the one thing I will say is is that, being that their only goal scorer right now is is knowingly suspended for this match, um, there's you know there's going to be a lot of pressure on the, on these guys on the Austin Bold team and and they're going to know somebody is going to have to step up and, you know, there will probably be some guys who are going to be taking opportunities that, you know, maybe shouldn't always be shot, but they're going to be taking those shots just, just because they want to be that guy. They want to be the one who's able to, to, you know, show up for their team. And I think that if Phoenix is able to take advantage of their, you know, willingness to maybe get forward and to try to score a goal and, you know, they'll probably push and, and, think goal first rather than defense first you know hopefully we can catch them on the break early and you know make them make them pay for it and that's the one thing i think that uh we should look for is you know their eagerness to to score against us when they don't have a known goal scorer
0: right uh moving on to our home match on saturday april 20th we have a great great opportunity to pick up three points against Tacoma Defiance slash Sounders 2 this is a team that yes they have 6 points on the season but their goal difference is the worst in USL it's minus 15 and if you don't even count that 2-1 win over Sac Republic um, where they basically were starting an MLS reserve side they have 2 goals for and 18 against in 6 other matches this season so this team is a train wreck. This is a team we should be beating by at anything less than two goals would be a major red flag. Like, what is going on here? You don't expect Sounders to have a lot of MLS guys for this match because it's an away match. It's not a particularly close away match, and I'm fairly certain that the Sounders first team has a match this weekend. So, you know, barring the USL Lone Monster... Coming down and just messing with us. This should be a a game we just smash them. This should be like the kind of exciting attacking, Ogo bonito style that like Rickshawn talks about. This should be like four nil.
1: It it really should. Um, when you just look at the opponent itself, and you know, yeah, their previous results, and and the players on the pitch, um, and and. <laughs> we've all heard about it and yeah i mean if you're a rising fan you'll be hoping not to see any of those sounders first team players make the flight down here to phoenix and if that is the case i'm with you dom i mean this this should be a ass whooping you know of of the defiance and um i think it's one that's really needed for the rising you know if if it plays out as we've you know predicted and Austin is a tight game that we are able to you know squeeze out a victory and and we're able to come home and you know put a put a big win on Tacoma I think that'll you know just be a great atmosphere at home and it's it's going to be huge leading up to the match the week following which I believe is Sacramento in Sacramento correct
0: That sounds right. I'm uh, going to confirm that right now. Yes. Okay. We actually uh yeah. In Sacramento on April 27th. And that gets into a really tough stretch of our season because after the Sounders 2 match, we have away to Sac Republic, away to Orange County, um, and then we have some home matches that are more winnable, but you know, home to all RGB, home to Las Vegas Lights, away to Real Monarchs. So it's kind of a tricky stretch there. Um, We definitely want to pile up these points against teams we should be beating.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's going to be the thing is, is you look at the our next two matches, um, and then you look at the two matches after that, it makes these next two upcoming matches against Austin and Tacoma that much more vital, because you don't know what to expect. I mean, we've never fared well going to Papa Murphy's Park and playing Sacramento at home, so... You have to think there, getting a draw is, you know, a great result. And then on the road at OC, you know, that's just a mixed basket. You know, OC could decide to show up and we could have ourselves a, a 4-3 thriller or Rising could go out there and dominate. Um, it's it's going to be really fun to be back in OC. I'm planning on making that trip too. So that should be a, a good match. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be key to get the wins in these next two matches because you just don't know what's coming up after that.
0: is uh talking about how lit that orange county match is gonna be we got the yeah, sirens right? and everything you like that sound <laughs> effect there yeah that's beautiful um this is a this is a big stretch of matches coming up uh following these two so let's get those two points, get those two victories rack the points up get to 13 points on the table and uh and then go into sacramento with confidence and see what happens at that point um Another Arizona team played last night, FC Tucson, had its first ever home match um, against Toronto 2, and this match finished 1-1. So that's their third match of the season in USL League 1. It puts them on four points in the season from three matches played. Did you get to see any of this match?
1: You know, I actually turned it on at the very end, and I – I think it was Jordan Hamilton that scored for for um, TFC2 and that's what, so I turned it on and in FC Tucson was up 1-0 um, and then yeah I was able to see that yeah you know unfortunately Toronto FC2 was able to pull back a goal late and the question that I have is is why is it that both Phoenix Rising and FC Tucson open up their homes with Toronto FC2 I, I, what is that? Is that just some kind of coincidence? Or what? what is it that we, uh, you know, we like having them for our first date, it seems like. But uh, no, I mean, it is a better result than what Rising got, you know, back in our home opener back in 2017. But, um, you know, It's got to be disappointing to, you know, be leading late and to give up a goal, but they still earned a point, and like we talked about, they have four points through their first three matches, which is, uh, you know, a great achievement, and I think it's something that hopefully they can keep going because it's fun having a little brother to be able to root for.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Toronto, too, is actually doing okay. They have a win and a draw this season, so it's not like a slouch kind of opponent um, like they were in USL the last couple years. I mean this is a team at that level they can actually play, they can actually get pretty good results. And uh Yeah, so hats off to them. Um but you know it's gonna be a long season and I'm really curious to see the attendance number from that match. I'm trying to find that right now. Um, Uh. I think I heard it was like I want to say 1,600
1: and like 16 or something like that. I know it was around 1,600 people.
0: Okay. Pretty good for them. Pretty good for them. I know uh, yeah. the Tucson Pricks of uh, that's the supporters group down there, and uh, they've they've been like really supportive of soccer down there, even at the PDL level for a long time. So it's nice to see them get a professional team, and hopefully they can pick it up a little bit get into that top four get into the usl league one playoffs but um, i'm sure we'll be talking about more of their matches this season it'll be fun
1: yeah absolutely and you know it was the one thing that i was you know seeing devin vega on our bench it was kind of disappointing because I expected him to be starting that match for, for FC Tucson last night. But, um, I mean, either way, I think it, it's it's going to be so much fun being able to have another team that we can see, you know, some of our reserve guys get loaned down to and get minutes for. So, yeah, hopefully they're able to, you know, stay in the top of the table and make playoffs this year. That'd be really exciting.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, so that's enough FC Tucson for now. By the way, just a shout out, if you want to know what's going on with FC Tucson, two great people to give a follow are Mark Murray. He is part of the USL League One Fun Podcast, which you can find on all the same platforms you find us on, um, You know, Google Play, even Spotify now, Stitcher, all those good places. Um, he's an awesome follow, and Steven Hernandez, who lives down in Tucson, he's the unofficial kind of official Firebird soccer beat reporter for FC Tucson. So he covers them a lot. So if you're interested in following FC Tucson, they can give you a lot more information than we can. Um, but just got to give those shout outs to the people that deserve it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's so great to see, you know, the culture and, and people following both these teams and the Firebird rising, you know, being able to see – all of us, you know, grow and, and come together and be able to support both these clubs that are, you know, all a part of the Phoenix Rising brand. It's it's just it's so cool. And to see this culture, you know, come in such a quick fashion, you know, you think about four or five years ago where we were and, and to be where we are now. It's just it's day and night. And it's it's something that, you know, as a fan, you have to cherish
0: soccer is growing in this state and it's really cool to be a part of it and see it and you know if you want to keep seeing it grow support that team be a part of the growth you know it happens from the grassroots up i mean a couple three years ago this club was getting about 1600 a match and now look at us so you know if fc tucson does what they're capable of i have no doubts that their attendance is going to continue to grow that they are uh Gonna put some great results on the pitch, and uh, that's that's just cool to see. So um, we'll move to results around the USL at this point. We don't really care about the least the Eastern Conference that much, um, <laughs> so we want to focus on the West. Um, and there were some results worth talking about. Um, why don't we just start it off with the the biggest scoreline of the night? Las Vegas 5, Austin, or no, not Austin. Las Vegas 5, Tacoma 0. What were your thoughts when you saw that?
1: Uh, I mean, it, it just, as you said, it makes that uh, match coming up against Tacoma that much more winnable. I mean, it, it makes it seem as if, you know, if the Lights can do that, um, Rising should be able to put 10 up. I mean, it, it really is. It's an eye-opener because, you know, Las Vegas, they, they've definitely taken some steps forward this season, but I think nobody saw, you know, this result coming up when they saw it, you know, on on the docket last week. And, um, it, I mean, it's just a huge win, but it's also, you know, Tacoma is definitely going to come into the next match wanting to tighten things up after conceding five goals. So it, it could be a double-edged sword in that they're not willing to give Rising any space. But, um, I mean, it's, it should also show that they're not much of a threat at all. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just very, very uh, disappointing if you're a Tacoma fan.
0: Yeah, Ivan Paro with a hat trick for the lights there. I mean, maybe they should do more foam parties because they got the goals <laughs> going on right there. Um, maybe they'll start doing foam parties every weekend. Who knows what Vegas will come up with. But um, that's a big result. Fresno continues Tulsa's slide. They win 3-1 in that match. Um, And so Tulsa now falling off the top of the Western Conference. Fresno now looking like a contender. Um, This is an interesting result. Uh, Jamal Johnson with two goals in this match. And then it was tied 1-1 at halftime, and Fresno just pulls away in the second half. They're looking pretty cagey this year. Um, Maybe we were a little bit short on them in our preseason standings because they are showing me a lot I did not expect Fresno to come out the gates like this and be able to score the way they have
1: yeah yeah they they have and I think I think last year um they were just a very unlucky team I don't remember how many draws but I have to say they had at least like eight or nine draws last year maybe even more than that and to me, that shows that there's a lot of matches that they were there. They just weren't able to get the three points. And, yeah, it seems like this year, you know, they're going out and getting the goals and getting the three points. They were always a tough team defensively to break down last year. And after our stalemate against them, I'd say, you know, that's still the case. So if, if they're going to be scoring goals and tough to beat at the back, um, they're definitely going to be a contender for, you know, the playoffs this season. And, yeah, they might be one of those surprise teams that, not many people were high on but we're also aware you know of the quality that Frank Yollops put together there in Fresno.
0: yeah I know they didn't start the offseason off with a lot of big signings but they kept a lot of the guys from last year and sometimes it takes an extra year for things to start clicking and that's what's going on right now. Other matches around the West Reno gets back on track with a two nil win in Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs just has not had much of a home field advantage this year. Um, other than the one win where their substitute came on with a banger right at the end against Sacramento, that's now two straight losses for them. They haven't done anything since that 2-2 draw against us, so I'm pretty salty about that. That should have been a win. It still, still grinds my gears. We should be on nine points right now. Um, but good result for Reno. That puts them in the hunt. Um, New Mexico absolutely destroys Real Monarchs 5-1. And Monarchs was up first in this match. Then what happens is the Santi Moore show. The guy who gets USL Player of the Month in March scores a hat trick in 16 minutes. Then Kavan Freighter scores again for them. And Chris Wehan rounds it out in the 79th minute for a 5-1 win. Santi Moore has to be near the lead of the league and goals scored and Kavon Freder now has four goals for them already what are your thoughts on this juggernaut that is New Mexico United
1: I mean just that it seems you know they're they're the Reno of you know 2019 it seems like coming into the league and and taking it by storm um my one you know you know bit of concern for them is it seems like a lot is going through both Kavon Freder and Santi Moore for them so if, if those you know pl- two players end up you know on the bench or on the injury table that you know it, they're gonna have to find you know goals from elsewhere but I mean for right now I mean they're killing it and it's I'm I'm just glad that we played them when we did and that we were able to get one point out of it because that result doesn't look as bad as it did um, back on March 16th.
0: No, it does not. Um, it, it's starting to look like we'll both be top four, potentially. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, other there were three other matches in the West, and all of them are interesting. I think the least interesting is San Antonio beating Los Dos 2-0. Los Dos has been a pretty feisty team at home this season. They're on nine points. For whatever reason, it looks like they actually are playing pretty respectably this year, but... It hasn't showed up on the road as much, and uh, San Antonio gets the two-nil win. Um, Jamison, the fourth on loan from LA Galaxy, scores against their B club, and then Ever Guzman gets a goal, makes it two-nil. Pretty straightforward win for San Antonio, keeps them in the hunt. Um, OKC Energy has been really disappointing me the last couple weeks, and it continues. They lose to RGV. RGV. Picks up its first win of the season. Um, This is a pretty inexcusable loss if you're OKC. I mean, that's just a bad, bad look um, to lose to RGV, even if it's on the road. He just can't do that. And then um, Timbers, too, picks up a 1-0 win against Sac Republic. Sac Republic hasn't been as good on the road this season. Um, You know, Timbers score early. And then Sacramento picks up two red cards in the second half. So they must have been really frustrated with the quality of officiating in this match. Um, The goal that Timbers, two scored was a penalty. It was their only shot on target in the match. But that was enough. They get the 1-0. And that must have just been an extremely frustrating match to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah. You literally stole the words out of my mouth. I was just thinking that, how if... If this was a rising game, I probably would have hated watching it because it sounds like yeah, just so frustrating from from both teams' perspectives. Probably less from Portland because they get the three points, but um, yeah, I mean, it just you know, very few shots, and I see two double yellows first for Sacramento late in that match. So yeah, definitely a frustrating match, but it's you know, it's I think it's you know, just backing up my point that Portland two is going to be a tough team this
0: year. <laughs> pretty good week for our surprise teams huh
1: yeah no very very good week i mean you know we're ma- they're making us look
0: like we actually know what the hell we're talking about so that's that's always nice sometimes it works out like that yeah <laughs> um weeks. so we'll just run down the western conference standings really quick um it's timbers two and new mexico at the top both with 13 points um they have the same goal differential as as, well, no, actually, New Mexico has a uh, plus-six to Timbers plus-five. So right now, New Mexico is in first. Um, then Sacramento and Tulsa are tied at third and fourth. And Sacramento is in third by nature of that goal differential. Then you have a large tie, a three-way tie for fifth, with Los Dos, Fresno, and Reno all on nine points. I'd say that Fresno and Reno are the more legit teams of that bunch. Um... But Fresno, I mean, they haven't lost yet, so that's pretty impressive. Then you have Orange County and Real Monarchs tied for 8th place. They have the exact same 2-2-2 two, two, two record with 6 matches played. Same goal difference. Orange County has more scored. OC is starting to put things together. They had a huge drubbing of Tacoma this week, so now their goal difference is positive for the first time this year. Um, and then rounding it out, We are in a five-way tie for 10th place, and by nature of having the most goals scored, uh, we are 10th and Vegas is 11th. Then you also have San Antonio, Colorado Springs, and OKC Energy on seven points. So it's been quite the fall for Colorado Springs and OKC after promising starts. Um, Then rounding it out, Sounders FC at six, El Paso and RGB at 5 and Austin bold in last place on just 4 points. Any thoughts there? Um
1: I mean I, I, we talked about it a few surprises, you know, Fresno being unbeaten is definitely, you know, a surprise thus far. Um but yeah, I mean it, it definitely, you know, Colorado and OKC, two teams that w- you know, we thought were going to be pushing, you know, to stay in playoff position. It doesn't look like, you know, they're there right now. I think they're still a lot of time left in the season. Um, looks like Galaxy 2, you know, the, they most likely fall off at some point, you know, uh, you would think. But, I mean, it's, it's looking at this Austin Bold team now, um, it just makes, you know, this match coming up this week so much more important and looks more winnable just due to the fact that they're at the bottom of the table. You know, as we talked about, their goal differences is not bad at all. They're only negative one goal with two scored and three conceded, so through four matches. So I mean it, we I think a 1-0 victory is is definitely, you know, a believable result and to get that would be would be huge for Rising. So it's it's going to be a tough match, you know, they're not going to want to give up anything being at the bottom of the table. They're going to feel like they got to fight for everything. So we're going to be going into a, you know, very hostile, you know, territory I think with lots of farm animals, but I think uh ultimately Rising should be able to get the win.
0: Uh, all I can say to that pun is nay. <laughs> um, Jeez. A um, couple other matches to watch in the Western Conference this week besides ours. Um, Fresno hosts Orange County on Friday night. That'll be an intriguing match. Two teams that are on the come up. Two teams that are close to each other in the standings. Um, that'll be in Fresno. That'll be an interesting one. And then. I have my eyes on Reno hosting New Mexico United too. That should be a very fun match. New Mexico has had a largely home heavy start to the season. It'll be nice to take their show on the road and see if they can win one of those away matches um, against a quality opponent. So I think that's what we got for the USL right now. Um, Aaron will cover supporter section questions. Um, So feel free to send those in. Um, We'll tweet about it. We by the time you guys are listening to this, you'll already have seen all of that. But uh, Aaron will have those supporters section questions coming right up. Um, what are your closing thoughts?
1: I mean, it it took took a long time to get here, but we finally got the first three points of the season, and uh, they taste so sweet. But I'm ready for you know oodles and oodles more. I think that this was you know just the beginning. Um, it definitely was a professional game like we talked about it was very reminiscent of rising of old and and that's the thing that uh i think this this next match that maybe we see more of the same just due to the fact that we're on the road and we're maybe more comfortable playing that style but you know i think that come saturday night against tacoma uh rick chance is going to want to play that high flying exciting style of football and uh that's what we'll hopefully get to see so hopefully we have you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that with these matches this week. You know, one for for each kind of footballer. And, um, I, I mean, it's just, I'm so pumped right now. I'm so glad that after getting that win last night that we have two more matches to look forward to this week. Because it's, it's been a long, long start to the season. I'm ready to get hot and heavy with it.
0: Get hot and heavy with it. Oh, man. <laughs> Way to make everything sound weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that that can't be taken in any other, you know, kind of manner at all. But, uh, oh well, too late. It's out there now. <laughs>
0: Jeez. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just, it's great to see, especially because El Paso thinks they're on their level, which is, come on, that's cute. But it was just nice to have a real, like a reality check, show them what's really going on. I think they're a team with promise. I think they'll still be in the playoff hunt, and I think they might warm up as the season goes on. But come on. This was this was long overdue. You know, we should have already had a win over Colorado Springs. That was a ridiculous draw. Um, it just feels good to actually get that win, to have that kind of validation, um, you know, actually on the table. And, you know, we are technically in the playoffs, baby. So what, what more can you want? I mean, We don't want the 10th seat, but hey, it's better than nothing, right? And uh, yeah, this should be a fun week. I'm expecting six points. Rocket up those standings before we get to those two very tough away matches. So I also got uh, engaged last weekend. That's why there was no episode. So um, yeah, it's pretty cool. But back at it now. Nothing gets in the way of a good podcast, so thank you guys for listening
1: yeah no and, and congratulations again dominic i mean we're we're not going to record a podcast only if it you know something big has happened and clearly dominic had a huge weekend last weekend so uh you know it, after a win like we had last night in the first one of the season it had to be a good pod and uh i'm just thankful to be here thank you for everyone that listens and you know let's let's get to it this week it's going to be a tough week for some of us at work, but. Uh, we got some midweek happiness to look forward to, so that's all you can ask.
0: And it's kind of nice to, uh, you know, you hate to miss any matches, but at least it was a nil-nil against Fresno. You know, it wasn't the worst one. Like in 2017, I missed the, uh, the OKC dramatic game winner, and that sucked. Um, <laughs> so kind of nice to not have to miss a match like that selfishly.
1: Yeah, no, I mean at least at least there wasn't much to talk about, you know. <laughs> we can we can at least say that that uh, that Fresno match could have been summed up pretty quickly. So I think uh, no one was too hurt by that.
0: Right. So I think that'll do that do it for this week. Um, other than Aaron with his supporter section questions coming up, um, but that'll do it for Kyle and I. We will be back next Sunday. Hopefully, we'll be talking about six more points and two great victories. So, until then, take care and go rising.
1: Go rising.